First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. Utica Police Sergeant Michael Curley joining us in uh, a sad topic, a violent weekend in the city of Utica. Good morning, Sergeant. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, There were two homicides this weekend and then a third man uh, severely injured. Can you talk about uh, the violence that we saw in the city of Utica over the weekend? Sure. So two that occurred on the third on Saturday, the first at 1.45 p.m. at 100 Rucker Street, Historical Park Apartments. A male, Gary McCorkle, was shot in the chest uh, there and ultimately died soon after, after being transported to the hospital. While our officers were handling that scene, another call came out to the Thousand Block of Jefferson, where a young 14-year-old male was shot once in the head by a 15-year-old male while inside a residence there. Uh, you know, so later that evening, uh, about Midnight, midnight 30, uh, we got our officers who were still working those two scenes, unfortunately, got called to the intersection of James Street at Seymour Ave. We got a gnarly male gunshot victim who had been struck as his car was fired upon and was driving away through the rear windshield and, and ultimately the, the bullet struck him in the back of the head. He was transported to St. Louis Hospital where he went to Syracuse uh, Hospital for additional surgeries. And, and thankfully, we're happy to report he is still alive, albeit in very critical condition, but we understand it's responding to some stimuli, so we're hoping for some good news after a weekend like this. Sergeant Curley, this, all of these three incidents, what's the the hour time frame or the day time frame? Was this all in a 24-hour period that these three incidents occurred? Yeah, so 1.45 p.m., 3.30 p.m., and then uh, you know, 12.30 a.m., so you know, spanning almost 12-hour period, much less than a 24-hour period. Uh, is there anything that you You said could- 12 hours? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was you know one thirty, three thirty, and then midnight again. So all in the same span of time. You know? wow. But you know what? No, that, that one happened on the fifth. So let's carry over. So yeah, a twenty-four hour period. I apologize. No, it's all right. Uh, can you? Do we know? I, I'm not asking you to speculate at all. Do we know anything as far as the motive in these shootings? I mean, uh, the one that cut, the one I'm really asking about is the fourteen and the fifteen year old and that incident coming within a home. Do, do we have any idea what prompted that incident, why it escalated to that level? We do, and I'm going to be kind of careful just because it's probably ended up in the family court system, so a lot of information is privileged uh, as a result of that. However, it appears that these kids had a loaded handgun within the residence, and they were pointing it at one another, um, perhaps believing that the safety was not on and kind of screwing around with each other, and one pulled the trigger, and, and they were feet from each other, and, and a tragedy resulted. Just young kids possessing handguns is the theme that we're, we're seeing lately. So there there is some thought that this was an accidental situation, not an intentional? Uh, with respect to the shooting, there are some circumstances that I can't get into surrounding the precipice before that um, that lead us to the charges that we charge of murder second, attempted robbery first, and criminal possession weapon second. So, uh, you know, you don't necessarily... For murder second, there are particular categories that, while in the commission of another felony, someone dies, uh, you can charge murder second. So that's what we're alleging in this particular case. And then any idea as to what happened in the first shooting around 145 Saturday, the one at the apartment building on Rutgers Street, or what prompted the shooting uh, in, involving the man who was driving away on, I think you said James and Seymour? Yep. So on Rutgers Street, we are expecting an arrest to be imminent. We have identified a strong suspect that we are looking for. Um, about on that one, I'm probably not going to get into a whole lot more. If that's okay, because we would like to interview the individual. Of course. Uh, and in the third one, it, it appears that some sort of Fourth of July block party was occurring. 
Uh, there was an altercation in the roadway, resulting in uh, an individual firing shots as the vehicle fled. Uh, you know, I really would like to note that our officers, we, we talk about community police partnerships, and there are some really strong partnerships we have. But when we get on scene and there's 150, 200 people, and we get on, on a, you know, a very serious homicide, a very serious assault team, and our officers are being assaulted and prevented from aiding the individual who, who needs immediate care, uh, that, that's not a strong partnership, in our opinion. You know, we, we do our very best to be out there and treat everybody fairly and, and protect everybody we can, and, and we just need assistance on these things. You know, maybe Even if you don't want to cooperate or, or be a direct participant, uh, please don't hinder our abilities, and please don't attempt to harm our officers that are just trying to render aid and investigate a major scene. See, that's, that's the sickening part of all this, is it's not that you know, you're not getting cooperation or, or anything like that. When first responders are trying to, in some cases, save someone's life or protect other people in that situation, and they're being assaulted, I just cannot comprehend that. How far, yeah, how we've gone off the rails with regard to that, I just don't understand. And I think it's the, the larger picture of uh, particular individuals who, who just don't think about what they're doing. And a lot of this gunfire is just rash decisions. You know, it's people... Not taking a second to, to breathe, not taking a second to to gather their thoughts before they a dangerous act, and then you know, and then add alcohol and things to the mix, uh, like we saw, you know, on Sunday morning, and, and this is what happens. We are just asking that, listen, please, please do not do this. Time is of the essence in any kind of major assault investigation. You know, the more time you could staunch blood flow or provide aid or the Florida department can get in there and do what they do so fantastically, uh, every second counts, and when we're being hindered. And, Having to make arrests and officers are jumped backs are being jumped upon while they're trying to render aid within the vehicle, and it's it's very very difficult to to perform the life saving function. Can I ask you for one clarification? Is this for all EMS or just police that you're seeing this in Utica? Uh, you know, we've certainly been on scenes where the fire department is treated poorly as well. Uh, I can only speak to, and I only wish to speak to. What we encounter, the police department on particular scenes, and in this one particularly, being the serious nature that it is, so, uh, you know, the fire department talk about the, the dangers they face every day. But you know, as far I, as we concerned, particular incident kind of just highlighted. I also want to ask: uh, Were any arrests made in connection with? Uh, I, I think it was the last shooting of the weekend, the James and Seymour that fire, or that fire that you said there was kind of a party or a gathering, a couple hundred people. Was anybody arrested for? Yeah, uh, yep. two parties were arrested uh, for harassment against officers and resisting arrest you know, due as a result of the immediate scene going on there. All right. Uh, um, really quickly, I just want to add one more thing, Sergeant Curley, and uh, you know, maybe you can talk about this as well. While I'm not saying that if these three were connected, it would have made me feel any better, it actually makes me feel worse that these were three separate incidents because when you have, at least at this time, we believe them not to be connected that you have three separate incidents of gun violence, two of which that led to homicides, and they're totally unrelated with one another. I think that is so discouraging, and and I just don't know how to really comprehend that either. Yeah, it certainly is very concerning. You know, if you see, like you said, if it's retaliatory or related, at least you can make a nexus between them. But when there are three totally separate incidents, it just kind of highlights the the amount of guns and, and violence that are out there, you know, and unfortunately you look at the news and, and Syracuse had how many, you know, eight shootings over the weekend or whatever. Buffalo had 14, New York city at 26. So it's, it's, it's going on everywhere. It's not just Utica. It doesn't make anyone feel good. We live here. This is our city. This is what we have to, to 
protect, but for whatever the trend lately um, of increased gunfire, it just, you know, the police and the community need to come together to put this to an end. All right, Utica Police Sergeant Mike Curley, stay safe. We appreciate the information, and uh, hopefully we don't have to talk to you again very soon. But two homicides yeah. in the city of Utica over the weekend. A third man shot, uh, actually struck in the back of it, uh, of his head while driving from the area of James and Seymour Avenue. And officers responding to the scene being assaulted. Uh, two more arrests were made for harassing and resisting arrest. Uh, thank you, Sergeant Curley. Guys, thanks so much for the time.